Just gonna run this dog to see if we can find any type of uh, human remains that are left. Listen to Where Secrets Go to Die, The Disappearance of Derek Hennigan. From the Detroit Free Press, a new podcast set in the woods of Michigan's Upper Peninsula. Available on Apple, Spotify, Freep.com, or wherever you get your podcasts. Now, here we go. It's another big week in the NFL for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. This is the Bucks Wire Podcast, powered by USA Today Sports. Now, your host, Ryan O'Leary, and Bucks Wire editor, Luke Easterling. Anything I say today about Tom is uh, an understatement in terms of what he's done for not only the Buccaneers, but for the NFL, for the Patriots, his entire career. And obviously a very big decision on his part, but... Um, we're just extremely um, happy that he chose us and have a lot of gratitude towards him for what he's done for this organization, for this fan base. Okay, welcome into the show. So much for our takes last week, Luke, or at least mine, right? I thought I, I thought Brady had one more year in him, uh, you know, officially finishing his career at age 45. That's kind of been his mission statement going back almost 10 years. Didn't happen. Adam Schefter at ESPN broke the news last week before – the conference championship games. Brady confirms it himself this past Tuesday of this week, posting a lengthy statement on Twitter and Instagram saying farewell to the Bucks and officially announcing his retirement. Uh, Luke, your leadoff thoughts. Uh, you know, it's it's something that we always kind of, I don't know if feared is the right word. We, we knew it was going to happen at some point. And Jason Light, the general manager, did us the, the kindness of, of meeting with us on Zoom last night. Uh, on, on Tuesday night, actually, from the Senior Bowl. He's down in Mobile, Alabama, and he, he took about a half hour and, and answered questions about what was going on just kind of on the spur of the moment, which I thought was really cool. But, you know, it, it, you Bucks fans have had a, a charmed existence over the last two years, and obviously they've, they've, they earned it with, with some of the, the stretches that the franchise has had otherwise. But, you know, when, when, when Tom Brady chose to, to come play for this team, you knew it was going to be for, it wasn't going to be a long time, but you were sure hoping it was going to be a good time. And it was the best two year stretch this franchise has ever had. They went 29 and 10. They won a Super Bowl. Uh, I mean, there's, you know, I, I've talked to Bucks fans. I've, I've lived in this area my whole life. Everybody here is sad and disappointed that obviously they didn't get one more year. I think everybody was kind of hoping at least one more, but nobody is, is, angry you know everybody is so grateful for what he did for this franchise and what he brought here and what he did for the community the fan base I mean, and it's nothing but gratitude from from the bucks fans and it's just um it's a testament to to his transformative ability right that he came here and in two years completely assaulted the the passing record book in tampa bay in two years basically uh, and and again helped lead them to the to the best two year stretch they've ever had. It, it'll I don't know if any player in any two seasons in maybe any sport has ever had the kind of impact that Tampa that, that Tom Brady had in Tampa Bay. And, and for that, there's there's nothing but gratitude down here. You got to be content, right? Ten Super Bowls. That is a ridiculous number when you think about it. He's been to ten Super Bowls. He won seven of them. So just uh, just wild uh, how accomplished he was. I think the number one thing is. It's just going to suck not watching Tom Brady play football next year, right? If, if that's what happens and it looks like he is 
committed to retiring. Although one thing we can do, Luke, when we have a statement, uh, is we can we can pick through it and, and see. You know, I know Brady wanted it to be in his own words, so let's let's look at some of his words. And I just want to get you know, I think I know what you're going to say here, but I just want to get your take on this. Here's part of Brady's statement. He says, "Quote: I've done a lot of reflecting the past week, and I've." ask myself different questions and I'm so proud of what we've achieved. My teammates, coaches, fellow competitors and fans deserve a hundred percent of me. But right now, but right now, but right now, Luke, but right now it's best. I leave the field to play to the next generation of dedicated and committed athletes. When you do look at that line though, Luke, but right now the phrase, but right now is, isn't that more open-ended than something like guys, this is the end. Uh, I'm done. Like I'm, I'm going to Costa Rica. I'm not coming back. Like it's over. Uh, I don't know. We can speculate for, you know, for our purposes on a talk show like this, but right now might leave it open, right? Maybe he's not, maybe he'll get the itch. Maybe we'll have a, a Brett Favre situation here. See, I'm, I'm going to raise you one further. Let's I'm, I'm going to take this one further and, and point out the other part in his statement where he never uses the word retire. He never right, says exactly. that word. That's a good point. He, what he says is, and he, he talks about, he's talked about this before, right? You know, what the commitment it takes in his mind to be successful in the NFL and, and how, you know, he felt that he, he said a bunch of things, right. I'll, I'll retire when I suck or, you know, Hey, you know, it's not just about what I want. It's what my family wants. But one thing he's always said also is that if I can't give the amount of effort that and dedication to the craft that I believe is necessary to set that tone and that, that leadership role and like set that example for my teammates. If I can't give that, I'm not going to play. I'm not going to be able to do that. Like just internally, he's not able to. So one thing he said in his statement was, I am not going to make that competitive commitment anymore. I'm not going to make that competitive commitment. That's, that was his version of saying I'm retiring, right? He didn't use the word, but what he said, uh, and I'm pretty sure he said anymore. You can check the statement if you want, but he just said, I'm not going to make that commitment. He didn't say I can't. <laughs> right. And we and know, he, we, know we can. We know he can. We know, we know damn well that he can because he just led the NFL in passing yards, passing touchdowns, threw more completions than anybody he's ever thrown in a season. And he's 44 years old. He knows that he could come back and do that again. Absolutely, at 45 years old. And he's choosing to not do that because he has a million other things that, that he wants to, to experience and live out. And he has done so much on the football field. And he knows that he's continually being, I think, a little more every year pulled in the direction of those new adventures and not wanting to, to give what it takes to, to play the game, not just at a high level, but at his level, which is a different thing. So if, if he isn't confident that he could give the, the game what it takes for him to play the way he expects to, and he's got all these other positive things in his life that he wants to experience as a, as a dad, as a husband, as a businessman, as a, you know, all these different things that he wants to accomplish in his life. I mean, that that's what was most interesting to me is that he knows he's walking out at the top of his game. I mean, the last thing he ever did on a football field was erase a 27 to three deficit in the last 20 minutes of a playoff game. I mean, what, what more could you want after the season he just had and the way that game finished? I know it wasn't a win, but he he sure as hell didn't call that blitz and blow that coverage. So we're not putting that on Brady. Um, and I know the defense had turnovers that helped. I get all that. I'm not trying to put it all on the defense, but at the end of the day, he knows he's comfortable walking away at the top of his game. He knows he could still play at a high level if he was willing to commit to it. He's not right now. What that means moving forward, who knows? But, you know, it, it definitely means the Bucks are, are in an interesting spot here. There they are. We're going to talk about it. Um, not right now.
So what could that mean? Let's just play the conspiracy theory, right? It could be, I mentioned the Brett Favre power play, and we've seen this, right? You unretire when when your team has moved on and they have the next guy and they've probably spent all their cap and all that, right? All of a sudden, your salary comes on the books and they're like, well, crap, now we have to trade you. You know, so like that's the kind of the Brett Favre power play. You come in, Brady unretires in the middle of the summer or something, right? All of a sudden, his contract is on the Bucks cap. They've already made a move for... Derek Carr or whatever we can we can talk about that uh, and then he he forces his way out and plays for another team I, I don't think that's going to happen Luke I think both of us if, if we were betting men we would say Brady's retired and he's going to go hang out in Costa Rica and run his businesses for a while uh, with Giselle and the kids but one thing I keep coming back to is he really just not committed to playing anymore because we know he can play we know he went out at the top of his game which is you know a feather in his cap but is he really just not committed or is there just something bigger at play like I think back to that that interview he did on stage after the Super Bowl when they're like, Tom, are you are you coming back? He's like, hell yeah, I'm coming back, right? There was just no question in his mind. He was coming back. He was rejuvenated. Right. He was having a great time. He was having fun. One year later, he says, I can't give that full commitment anymore. One year later. Uh, so it makes you wonder, like, did something happen this year? I, I know in his statement, he gave everybody their flowers, from ownership to Bruce to Jason Light. Uh, and, and all that. So he's saying all the right things when it comes to the Bucks. Uh, but one year's time, Luke, right? That is a, a sharp turn from, hell yeah, I'm coming back. I'm not even close to being done to, guys, I can't give the commitment anymore. Yeah, I think two two things on that. A, I think this decision is, is 99% about his family and what they want to do and 1% about anything that has to do with actual football. The boss, Giselle. Um, yeah, you know, and, and the second thing I would say is that, again, He's not saying, I just can't do it anymore. He's saying, I'm not going to do that anymore, <laughs> Right. which which means that he knows he, he could. And again, that, that to me communicates that it's not the, it's not the Bucks. And I, there was a couple people, I think Schefter mentioned it on the, on the TV, but a couple people that kind of alluded to some reason, like the way the season went or the way certain things were handled might have contributed that. I call BS on all of that. I don't think it has anything to do with – you know, what happened with Antonio Brown or the fact that they blew the the defense at the end and lost the game. None none of that, I think, has anything to do with the decision he made. I think he realized maybe earlier this year, maybe as things continued to go on and maybe, you know, maybe some of the injuries did contribute early on. But I, I think at some point he realized maybe even last year after he came back. And again, I don't know those conversations that he and Giselle and their family are having about you know, what they want for the future and when they want that next chapter to start. But I, I think that this decision is just so overwhelmingly about their family and not having anything to do with something that happened or didn't happen on the field or, or what he could or couldn't do if, if they wanted it. If they were all on the same boat, like, hey, play as long as you want, he'd still be playing. Okay, he, he would come back and he would keep going. And I think that would be the case, but that's not, I think a, that's not a, an individual decision. I think as a family that he wants things that he can't continue to give that commitment. If he wants to give what he wants to give to his kids as they grow up and, and to his wife and to his family and to those other ventures. So it's just a, it's a pros and cons thing. You got to weigh all of that and say, listen, if I'm going to give what I, what I need to, to the game, I'm not going to be able to give what I want to these other areas. And eventually that scale tips the other way and you give the game up. And that's what he did. You just wait, Luke. First weekend in September, he's packing the kids lunches. He's going to be like, oh, man, 
I of course throw, he, I he, he would pro- he would probably say that <laughs> yeah, too you yeah. know because that it's just never going yeah. to i feel that way ryan yeah i, know. I right, haven't right, played yeah. football in sure. a long time sure um but and i wasn't you know wasn't even that <laughs> that great when i did but we all miss i mean here in florida there's a there's a, a day in usually late october when you walk outside and you smell the air and you're immediately sad that you're not on a football field on a friday night you know, getting tackled. Like it's just, there's just a feeling if you've played the game and you've been on the field and you've understood that, like it makes you sad. doesn't matter how long it's been since you played. doesn't matter if you sucked at it or not. If you were a part of it and you experienced it, you miss it. And so obviously I can't imagine what that's going to be like for Brady this first season without it. But, but that, that never really goes away. I'm just into, you know, some, some guys come back and try to get it again. So we'll see. Yeah, we will see. It'll be fun for now. We got to talk about what's next for the bucks at quarterback. Um, and, and real quick, before we start talking about some of these names, and I saw your your uh, your post on Buckswire where you pulled fans on Twitter, Luke, and they were throwing all kinds of names at you. Some of them don't seem very realistic. Aaron Rodgers, Russell Wilson. Like I, I just don't know. I don't think that's going to happen. Uh, but there are some veteran quarterbacks that we could, you know, feasibly get over here, and we'll, and we'll talk about that. My take here that I wanted to make sure we covered was as long as it's not Kyle Trask, I don't think he's anywhere <laughs> close. And we get a, some type of decent veteran quarterback in here to bridge the next couple of years while Jason Light and company uh, figure it out, Luke. I don't think the Bucks are going to suck at all. Not even in 2022. Like, I think even if it's Jimmy G, who we just saw flame out in the NFC Championship game, and he's out there and he becomes the next Bucks quarterback, I think you're still competing to win the NFC South and you might still be a top four playoff seed in the, in the NFC. Like, I don't think just because Brady retires, the Bucks you know, all of a sudden suck in our rebuilding, right? There are a bunch of Super Bowl champions on this team next year, regardless of the cap situation and guys that move, may, might move on to free agency. So let's not bury the Bucks just because Brady's leaving and they're and they're looking for another quarterback right now. Not only are they not going to suck, Ryan, but if you're another NFL team who needs a quarterback, you're pissed. Sure, because it's another one. Yeah, another one to contend with. It not, it's not just another team that needs a quarterback. It's now the best team in the NFL that needs a quarterback, in my opinion. So. You know, you're talking about the number two seed in the NFC that went 13 and four. And obviously, Brady had a lot to do with that. But again, I want to go back to something that Jason Light told us Tuesday night in response to a question about, oh, you know, when Brady came here, all these players wanted to come play here and now he's gone. Is that going to not only help, you know, hinder that, but make it harder for you to keep some of those free agents? And he reminded us all that Tom Brady came to Tampa because of what was already here. And the vast majority of that roster is still here and is going to be here next year. So regardless of who they bring in, who else are you going to pick to win the NFC South other than the Bucs? I, I mean, even if they lose some of those free agents, it's, it's just they are the best team in the NFL that needs a new quarterback. And so if you're a, a veteran quarterback who is either going to force your way out of your team, and I know we're going to get to this, but any of those guys that wants to find a new home to play, where else would you rather play who needs a quarterback than to go to Tampa who just proved that with the right quarterback, they can win a Super Bowl? Where else would you want to go? No, it's the Bucks. It's the Bucks, and and yeah, I mean, and Brady played a big role in winning the Super Bowl. I still look at that and say, oh, the defense was so good in that Super Bowl run, and a lot of these guys are still under contract next year. The Bucks aren't going to suck; they're still going to be a player. So, who is going to be the freaking quarterback? That's going to be fun over the next couple weeks, uh, in, heading into free agency, Luke. And I'm seeing all kinds of names that the fans are throwing out there. I mentioned Russell Wilson; that'd be sweet. Don't see that happening. Aaron Rodgers. If he goes anywhere, it's probably to Denver with his boy Nathaniel Hackett, right? Uh, Ryan Fitzpatrick, that'd be fun. Uh, I mentioned Garoppolo. I've seen some Kirk Cousins out there. Derek Carr is another one, right? I mean, 
We know Josh McDaniels loves to go in there and blow out his quarterback as soon as he takes a head coach job, right, right, Luke? So maybe he he's looking to trade Derek Carr and get another guy in there. I would like Derek Carr with Tampa. That'd be fun. Who do you think? Who, what's the most realistic scenario? What veteran quarterback could the Bucks go get? Maybe in a trade or you know signing as a free agent. Yeah, Carr, Carr is the one that really piques my interest. I like I that think. one. I, That's a good I, one. I like that a lot. I think it's a great fit for the offense. I think again, he's only thirty, which in quarterback years is not very old these days. Contract um, year. Yeah, contract year. So you you know it won't be as expensive as it would be normally, and you it gives you the opportunity to sign him to an, an, a new deal that can be team friendly in the way it's structured. Obviously, it'll be expensive, but you can do similar things to, to what they've done over the last couple of years with the way they move that money around to, to expand this window. Right. And I mean, if you bring Derek Carr in here, that, that window stays open a lot longer than you knew it was going to stay open for Brady. Right. Obviously it's way different because Brady's on a completely different level, but you always knew Brady had maybe a couple years here, right? Derek Carr, you might have five, seven, like you, you, you have a much bigger window of, of success to continue to build the rest of that roster around a, a quality starting quarterback with a track record of success. So he's the guy that really makes me feel like if that, if they can make that happen. And again, what say it's going to cost a first round pick and maybe a, a third round pick or something. I don't know what the, the price would be, but you know, there's nothing else the bucks would get with those two picks, a late first round pick, a late third. Again, they could get an extra third if Byron Leftwich or Todd Bowles ends up getting a head coaching job. I know we're going to get to some of that later. Um, but, you know, Derek Carr is a guy who could definitely make this team, keep this team in the Super Bowl conversation. You mentioned some of the other guys, Kirk Cousins. I mean, $45 million cap hit. I don't know how that's going to work. Uh, Jimmy Garoppolo is one that makes sense, I think. I don't think he fits the offense very well with his you know, lack of arm strength with the vertical stuff. I don't, I don't know. Again, as long as it would be better cut, than trash. In cuts, he could throw it, other, th- other right. stuff. I don't know. And I know we got some listeners who are, who are diehard Gator fans and they're going to, they want to see Trask and I'm not trying to knock him at all. It's just, it's hard for me to see a team go from two years of Tom Brady to week one starter, a guy who was inactive every week as a rookie. I just, I, there's, if that happens, the bucks will have struck out on like, Eight guys. Like they always talk about what's well, let's see behind door number two. I think that's door number eight or nine if they have to end up with Trask as their starter. And again, it's it's very little to do with, with him and what I think his potential is. As a fact, he just has no experience yet, and I don't think that's what they want for this team the way it's built right now. One name I will throw out there that I know is gonna be very hit or miss with the fan base. Give it to us. Jameis. Jameis Winston. <laughs> Because if you're looking for a guy who you you know what you're getting in terms of the good and what he's done here in the past, he has familiarity with the offense, familiarity with the teammates. I think there's a lot of people in that locker room who would be thrilled to have him back and to kind of kind of bring him into what they've experienced over the last couple of years with Brady and winning the Super Bowl and say, hey, now you're back with us. Like we can go do this together and, and we can impart some of the things that, that he taught us. And you learned from Drew Brees while you were in new Orleans. And like, I mean, not, notwithstanding 11 games for new Orleans, 14 touchdowns, three picks, you know? So, you know, maybe there's, there's some growth there over the last two, two years. Just prepare yourselves. If, you, if you're not thinking that it's possible, I honestly think it's as, it's as likely a scenario and, and an end result as any other possibility this offseason. I love it. I, I let you bring Jameis up, Luke, on purpose because I didn't want to trigger Bucks fans. Um, but, hey, but you're I, right. I just call it like I see it, man. Yeah, 100%. I mean, he learned how to stop turning it over and stop throwing 30 interceptions. 
while he was in New Orleans. He's coming off an ACL, and Sean Payton is gone. Over, you know, he retired. So the Saints are, are making changes over there. Maybe Jameis is less likely to return to the Saints. He'd be cheap coming off that knee injury. So he's got familiarity with Bruce and, and the team and everything. Oh, it makes all the sense in the world. In terms of potentially getting a guy, like say I think it would cost you a first-round pick to get a Derek Carr. Say you get right. a Derek Carr, now you get to sign him. Does that worry you at all when you have Chris Godwin, Carlton Davis, Ryan Jensen, uh, JPP, all these guys on your unrestricted free agent list that you have to sign as well, right? There's only so much you can do to mess with the cap. I know that can be maneuvered, but does it worry you at all that you potentially have to maybe trade or sign a guy that's going to cost you some money at quarterback and then try to also sign these big-name unrestricted free agents you have on your list? Yeah, I mean, it's a concern, but it's an unavoidable one. You know, like, you were going to pay Brady all that money, so if you want a quarterback that's going to keep you in that contention, you're going to have to pay for him. True so that. True that. if you don't want to do that, then you stick with Trask and you, you either ride with it or you blow it up. So if that's not what you want to do, you know, quarterbacks cost what they cost. So if you want a good one, you got you to gotta pay for it. And again, I, I do think having a veteran quarterback with one year left on his deal, it gives you the opportunity to extend him in a creative way that if you want to keep kicking that, that can down the road and, and make, make, make the rebuild be uglier but farther away, you can do it. You can do it with the way you could construct whatever his next contract would be. So I think that would actually give the Bucks a little bit of flexibility that they might not have in some other situations. So we'll see. Coming up next, Brady's official retirement statement. Um, it's always going to be tainted by some very petty BS, and, and I want to get into that from the New England fan point of view. And Luke, uh, you've already agreed to give me a, a couple seconds to get this off my chest, so I'm just going to do that right after this. All right, Luke, Brady put out this near 1,000-word statement. We've been talking about it. He's retired from the NFL. He wanted this statement to be in his own words. And in his statement, he thanks his Bucks teammates, all Bucks fans, the city of Tampa, in the entire Tampa-St. Petersburg region, the Glazier family, Jason Light, Bruce Arians, and all the Bucks coaches and staff, and every employee, Alex Guerrero, his trainer, Don Yee and Steve Dubbin, his representation, his parents, his wife, his kids, his entire family, the end, period, statement over. Not one mention of the word Patriot, nothing for Patriots fans, nothing remotely close to referencing Boston, Foxborough, or the New England region, Robert Kraft, who helped him become a free agent and find his way to Tampa Bay, right? Nothing for Bill Belichick or any of his former Patriots teammates or coaches in his official retirement document penned in his own words. What a bunch of petty BS from Tom for stooping to that level, but also for the Patriots for letting it get to this far with like the most important player to the NFL in that franchise, Luke. And also, Tom, choosing a photo of not you winning the Super Bowl with the Bucks, but you playing the Patriots in week four. That photo of, of Brady in the visiting Bucks uniform in Foxborough that he posted on Instagram and Twitter with his statement and then not mentioning the Patriots. Come on. That is that is petty BS from Tom. I'm a little disappointed as a Patriots fan and a big supporter of Tom. Like, come on, man. I When he went to Tampa Bay, I rooted for him. I went to the TB12 website. I bought all the freaking gear. Go look at my closet. You know, I got the hats and the shirts and all that. I rooted like a Brady Bobo during the Super Bowl. I was so pumped up when the Bucks won it last year. You can't mention the Patriots or just the Patriots fans or Kraft. I know you hate Belichick, but I think this whole thing is it gets an F for pettiness, Luke. I think that is it's always going to be tainted for for fans out here in New England. It's always the statement's always going to be tainted a little bit. This big moment, Brady's retirement, 
man, he didn't mention the Patriots. Well, he spent 20 years here and won nine. It went to nine Super Bowls. I mean, that is it's unbelievable that the word Patriot. He couldn't even write that in his statement. It, it, it is unbelievable to me. What's your thoughts over over in Tampa Bay? The Tampa Bay side, you had to have noticed that. Uh, I, I did notice that. And uh, on one level, while I can, I can completely appreciate the disappointment and uh, kind of feeling maybe betrayed a little, um, there's also another side of me that feels like, uh, like Rod Tidwell <laughs> and Jerry Maguire when he's on the airplane and Jerry's just pouring his heart out about all the problems he's dealing with and how hard his life is and all, all Rod Tidwell can say is boo hoo with an F word in between. I'll let you pick which one, uh, that <laughs> dynasty you very that you guys <laughs> enjoyed and all of the, the wins and the fact that every other fan base on the planet hates you guys because of all the success you had over two decades of Tom Brady, which again, I know influences the the disappointment, right? That's why you feel kind of, you know, betrayed in this moment, but I, you're not going to get any tears from me. And part of that is because I am so happy with the way he talked about my city, where I live and my community and what he brought here and all that. He he checked every box for us down here. So um, I, you know, he, he did respond at some point. I think he quote tweeted the statement from the Patriots and was like, Patriots nation forever, you know, grateful or whatever. And, you know, I, he, I, I think what everybody's saying in response to that is that he did all that when he left new England, right? He said all those goodbyes and thank yous and that's fine. But no, I, I think Patriots fans are, are definitely within their rights to be like, Hey, come on, really? What about us in, in this situation? I, I think it's fair. It's just the official document, right? We just wanted a, a mention, a line. And yeah, he did. He retweeted Robert Kraft's statement, but he, he didn't even write a complete sentence. It was kind of like uh, I was listening to Boston Sports Radio this morning. and It, was, it felt like, well, I got to say something. Oh. oh, yeah, yeah. No, it felt like Belichick writing, I re- you know, I've resigned as HC of the NYJ. It wasn't even a complete sentence, right? So, thanks, thanks, Bill. Yeah. Thanks, Bill. 100%. So, I mean, again, <laughs> I mean, Tom, you left. We knew that you got pushed out by Belichick. We were on your side. We rooted for you with Tampa Bay. Bobos like me went on your TB12 website website and spent the money, got the hoodies, the hats. We rooted for you. We were excited for the Super Bowl last year. We're celebrating with you. And you leave us out of your official retirement statement. I'm sure something's coming down the road for the Patriots side of it. I'm sure his Hall of Fame you know, speech will be all you know, a lot of Patriots stuff. But come on, man. This is the official statement. This is the one. It's still living on. You go to his Instagram page. It's still there. And it's just all bucks. It's like, again... You think the St. Petersburg region? You couldn't mention New England, but you mentioned the St. Petersburg region, the whole region. You're right. He checked every single box, Luke. So I just think, I think Tom, I think it was a miss on his, on the part of him and his PR team. They knew what they were doing, especially, again, with that photo of him in Foxborough week four. Come on. This was all calculated. And you know what? I think Tom will look back at it and say, you know what? I probably messed that up and, and I shouldn't have done that. And I think, I think one day he, he will look back and think that way. I, I just don't think, I still think it was a good look for a guy. I, I always will and still do admire, but man, I just think it's a horrible look for him. He might look back and feel that way, or <laughs> we might get to the hall of fame ceremony and like Peyton Manning and the Colts, he'll have Broncos t-shirts in the, uh, the display instead of Colts t-shirts and you could get to Canton and have Bucks t-shirts to look at instead of Patriots t-shirts. I'm just saying, don't, don't, don't expect one way or the other, but, but does this, I mean, I guess that's a question to you since you're the Patriots that like, 
do you think that what happened and, and the way things went could lead him to the point where he wants to identify moving forward more with the way his career ended than the way it went for most of the time? Yeah, I think so. And that's pain, man. That's pain. Pain. Absolute pain. That hurts. It does. I guess we'll always have go, the man go, in the go arena. Go dry your tears with all your Lombardi trophies. <laughs> Seriously. We'll have the man in the arena, I guess. That's what we'll have. That's what we'll have to look back on. Um, okay. So I just had to get that off my chest. I appreciate you, Luke. And, and you know, as happy as I am for Tampa Bay uh, and, and the Bucks and, and that stage of Brady's career, the fact that he is now, uh, you know, canceling the Patriots from his uh, from his legacy is, is a little too much for me right now. I, I'm a little rattled by it. I'll, I'll get over it. I'm sure I will. Um, I wanted to end it here because I know you're just the perfect person to ask about this. Um, the Brian Flores class action lawsuit against the NFL um, alleging racial discrimination in the hiring process and uh, job retention. It's just a whopper, is it? When you, when you read through this, it's such a whopper. There's a ton of meat on the bone. Uh, we could probably spend multiple podcasts just covering this. I just wanted to hear your nutshell overall take on it when you heard this thing break. Uh, you know, on the same day as Brady's retirement, it was kind of wild. A few hours later, this Brian Flores uh, lawsuit drops, and it is a whopper. What's your leadoff thought on it, Luke? Yeah, yeah. What a, what a day, right? When Tom Brady gets overshadowed in, he, in his retirement, and honestly, rightly so, because this is a, a bigger issue and a much bigger problem. It's reflective of of bigger issues that are going on in society that that need to be dealt with in similar ways. But I mean, my my thirty thousand foot view of this is duh. I mean, you know, and Brian has said that in his appearances that he's made with the media lately is that he's not telling anybody anything that we don't already know, unfortunately. You know, if you, you know, I've spoken to coaches in the league. I spoke to an offensive coordinator. I tweeted about this earlier. It's on Wednesday. You know, I spoke to a, a, a coordinator in the NFL with some experience a, a few years back about this particular situation in terms of blackhead coaches not getting opportunities. And, you know, he, the way he spoke about it, was, you know, just, he was so resigned. He was like, you know, I, I know I'm at the point in my career where basically I, I'm out of hope. Like, I don't have hope that I'll ever get that call. But I hope that we can change things for the guys coming up to where they don't have to deal with that. And he was just so disappointed in that. And it's just, it's freaking sad, man. Like, to, to see guys that have devoted so much of their entire lives and their careers to this, knowing that they're not, they're probably not going to get a chance to get to the top because of some of the things that Brian Flores is pointing out in this lawsuit that again, we deal with every hiring cycle and people, people can throw out these cliches and these bumper stickers all day long about, well, just hire the best person for the job. Like you're telling me that if the, if, if 32 NFL franchises are genuinely just hiring the best man for the job and we have one black head coach in this league, you actually think that's happening? Like, do you really think that that's just the, those are just the odds? Like that's just how it shakes out. And it's, you know, that white head coaches are, 31 out of 32 more qualified and, and better experienced and, and better fits for all of those other jobs than a black head coach would be. It's absolute BS. Like it's hard to talk about this without using foul language because it's so frustrating and it's been going on for so long and it's getting worse. It's not even getting better. We had eight black head coaches like three or four years ago. Yeah. We have guys like David Culley, guys like Steve Wilkes who just don't get, and I know this is a big part of what Flores is saying in his lawsuit. It's not just that they're not getting the opportunities. It's when they do, the 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 Reten frequency attention yeah with which they are fired more quickly not given second head coaching jobs compared to their white counterparts there are so many other levels to this that i'm hoping this lawsuit finally kind of breaks the dam and forces some actual real change so that the NFL who can keep feeding us all their stupid slogans 
about inspire change while allowing this to happen, while having things like race norming, if you know what that is, when with regards to the concussion lawsuits and settlements in terms of baseline concussion testing and how racist that practice was to where someone finally has to unearth it. And they're like, oh, yeah, maybe we should stop doing that. Like, you think so, you know, to 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 see this come to light in this way and, and to see a guy like Brian Flores, who, again, just got screwed in Miami after what he just dealt with. And that's just something we can see on the surface without even any of the allegations that he's putting forth about getting offered money to tank and to lose games. And none of us are surprised. That's oh, Steven my Ross. gosh, that's man, there's so much, yeah. so much here. So at the end of the day, I guess, my again, my big picture is none of this surprises me. I think Brian Flores is doing an incredibly selfless thing by kind of falling on the sword here. And really he's being, you know, forthcoming with the fact that he knows this probably is the end of him being a head coach in the NFL. He, he, he had an interview with the saints the day he filed the lawsuit. He texted them. was like, Hey, just by the way, just so you know, <laughs> FYI, you still want to interview me, you know? So, you know, he knows what he's doing both in the good, in the good ways and the hard ways. Um, I'm, I'm proud of him for doing that. And I hope that this gives an opportunity for more people to speak out, for more people to come forward with their receipts. Cause you know, damn well, they're out there. So that's going to be the interesting thing. We're already seeing the NFL, obviously playing defense and damage control from the outset, which is really interesting to see them vehemently denying allegations that they must, that they probably don't even fully know the extent of yet. And that's, that's your first red flag, right? It was immediate, immediate. Those defensive statements came out immediately. Yep. Yeah, I, I could vent about this for an entire show or, or 12, man. But it, there's just, you know, and, and there, are, there are people talking about it that need to be listened to that have been screaming it for years. And, and the fact that it's it takes something like this to actually affect real change is frustrating and disappointing. But, man, m- maybe it will actually do something this time. I have my doubts, but but here's hoping. Yeah, I mean, it's 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 definitely a problem. It, it I mean, look at the head coaches that have been hired this cycle. I mean, Nathaniel Hackett. Matt Eberflus, and Matt Eberflus was hired by Ryan Poles, so I guess that one, you know, whatever. But Josh McDaniels, Brian Dayball, you mentioned one black head coach, Mike Tomlin. I mean, it's it's a problem that it will probably continue on, Luke, until we get some minority ownership in the league. And I just don't know. Maybe the Broncos. Who knows? Maybe there's a chance the Broncos are going to be sold here within the next month or so. I think, but. Uh, until we get some minority ownership, there's there's nothing's going to change with the freaking NFL. They could put all the slogans they want on the end zone. They could put the end racism stickers on the helmets. It's it, nothing's going to change until leadership changes because it, that just is what it is, right? Owner, it's it's an ownership. It's it's driven from the top in that league, and it's just not going to change. It's just not going to change anytime soon. Even with this lawsuit, I mean, I think we all know how this is going to go, right? I mean, I applaud we Brian do. Flores as, we as well. I mean. We know that Flores will probably not get another job. I hope Bill Belichick steps to the plate. It was his text messages that are named in this lawsuit that really blew this thing up. I don't know if he if there's a lawsuit without Belichick's texts, right? Uh, so Belichick could could be the guy that brings him back to the Patriots as a you know an assistant head coach while he's still coaching or whatever coordinator, whatever. So maybe he Belichick helps him get back in the league at least. But we all know that Flores is going to probably lose this case because NFL owners know how to win these kind of court cases. And they have the resources, uh, and he probably won't be invited back to coach in the league you know, again, unless it's like Bill Belichick or something like that from his Patriots roots. So um, that's where we're at with this Flores situation. It is sticky, and it is it is sad. It is sad, but it's just a, it's a reminder that 
the end racism stickers on the helmets, right? Like that thing keeps getting me. It's like, man, this this stuff ain't gonna change. It's not gonna change anytime soon. This is this is is what it is. It's it's a joke, honestly, and it's insulting to to have that kind of lip service and and all the PR campaigns and all the commercials and all of this stuff. But really, behind the scenes, where it matters. You know, when the, when the decisions are to be made, this is what happens. And again, I brought up Steve Wilkes earlier. That's like the prime example most recently of this system. You talk about who is getting hired this cycle, but it's, it's the whole thing. Steve Wilkes got one season with a rookie quarterback, didn't go well. They cleaned house and fired him after one season. They replaced him with Cliff Kingsbury, who had just been fired from his alma mater, Texas Tech. It was not even really a big program. They've had some decent years, but he he couldn't keep his own school's job <laughs> at the college level, and he fell forward, as we've seen happen time and time again, and got a NFL head coaching job, had a very similar season with a rookie quarterback his first year, and guess who's still coaching in Arizona right now? It's just, I mean, the evidence is there. People say all day long, where's the proof where you can say this or that? Like, if you can't look at that and say, something's wrong here and it has nothing to do with what's happening on the field. I don't know what to tell you. No, I mean, the proof is in Brian Flores. He's a hell of a coach. He's really, really good. I mean, the Patriots defenses were nasty when he was calling them as a coordinator and his teams in Miami were pretty good. They just don't have the quarterback. Sounds like the thing he was the worst at was he's not very good at losing on purpose. <laughs> yeah. Or, or, you know, taking orders from a corrupt guy like Steven Ross. Jeez. You know? So that's just something I wanted to make sure we hit on. We could keep hitting on that. I'm sure this will develop, be a developing story as we go for sure. This, this lawsuit. Um, but you know, in terms of the Bucks wire podcast, the Bucks wire, Luke, we'll get into, we'll get into the off season at some point. Right. But it still feels like this is a week to week thing uh, with the Bucks. There's going to be news with this team breaking. Now we got to look out for the next quarterback. So that's probably the next the next news to break now, what they're going to do at quarterback. I mean, I hope that's the next news. I feel like sure. we're going to be talking next week about Rob Gronkowski's retirement. Okay. I'm already trying to emotionally prepare myself for that. I wonder so. if his statement I'm will sure be we'll as eloquently see it. We'll put. talk soon. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, is Gronk's statement going to be as eloquently put? I don't know. I, 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 can, I can guarantee you that he won't be mentioning New England either. He does whatever Tommy tells him to do. <laughs> so, uh, so whatever, man. It's a Tommy and Gronky forever. Yeah, the kitty pool forever, man. So, uh, all right. So, so for Luke Easterling, always great stuff. Um, I'm Ryan O'Leary. Thanks for joining the pod this week. We will be back as soon as news breaks with the Bucks. We'll talk to you then. This USA Today Sports podcast has been presented by USA Today's Sports Media Group and is available in your favorite podcast store. Make sure to subscribe for weekly updates, the latest fantasy picks from Corey Bonini, and the Huddle Podcast, Inside the Weekly Line, with Sportsbook Wire's Jeff Clark and Eston McLaren, and the Bet Slippin' Podcast. We'll see you again next week. Just going to run this dog to see if we can find any type of uh, human remains that are left. Listen to Where Secrets Go to Die, The Disappearance of Derek Hennigan. From the Detroit Free Press, a new podcast set in the woods of Michigan's Upper Peninsula. Available on Apple, Spotify, Freep.com, or wherever you get your podcasts.